Hello, and welcome to The Alpha Show. It's uh, Sunday, October 27th, 2019, and I'm AK, here with my co-host RD, and we're doing the first ever recording of The Alpha Show. Uh, So what is The Alpha Show? We're here to discuss ongoing events in the marketplace and kind of go back and forth on our ideas on what's happening in the market and how we can take advantage of that. We're going to be discussing our different theories and different tactical investing ideas and we're bringing those publicly to you all. And just before I bring in uh, RD here, uh, there are a couple things that I need to cover. So the Alpha Show is only for entertainment and informational purposes only. And knowing that, you should always do your research and analysis before making investment decisions. Always uh, consult a licensed professional and always uh, think about your investment horizon before investing. RD, anything you want to add? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for the kind words and thank you for the opening. So I think we should take our listeners uh, into our professional backgrounds a little bit and, and describe to them what is, what is it that we do. So specifically, we are both professional traders on the institutional side with multiple years of experience between us. And while we perform our market-making mandate in our daily jobs, we also enjoy taking proprietary trading positions in our personal accounts. So often in, in our jobs, we, we find ourselves debating, sometimes heated, he, heatedly. Can get, yeah, it can yeah, get, it can get yeah. heated sometimes yeah. about our, our investment thesis, which are mainly short-term, like, like AK mentioned. So the, the, the thought was to bring our discussions into the show and, and make it as lively as we usually make it on the trading floor. And I think that you would derive a lot of value from our discussions as we do on our personal accounts. We actually found that our trading styles, uh, while different, have, have increased their, their return potential because of bouncing ideas off of one another. So to cover a little bit about the, the format of the show, I think we're, we're going to have three main sections. The first section is going to be covering past week's news and what happened. The next section is going to go into next week's news and what we are expecting on the market, what we're expecting to happen, uh, be these political news or, or market news. And then finally, we're going to have our pitches, our pitches for our personal portfolios and how we're going to be positioning our books for the next couple of weeks or months, because again, our, or days, our, exactly, it could it could really be anything. I know you you you're really into the yeah. the three yeah. X leverage products, but I'm sure he'll AK will cover that later. He's a, at some point in time for sure. I'm hundred percent confident that he will one day <laughs> pitch uh, those three X products. So I think it's 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 good to begin, right? So let us begin with last week's news. AK, do you want to? shine a light upon what happened last week in the markets? Definitely. Overall, it's a really solid week and on multiple fronts. There's the trade war, you've got earnings, retail sales, how that all impacted both uh, treasury yields and the S&P. So I'll get into that right now. For, for the trade war, you have both sides announcing that they're making serious progress. Uh, if not really a, a long-term deal, you could be seeing a short of one of three shorter-term deals. And though they might actually lack substance and though they might not really solve anything, they should provide a boost for the market in the short term. You actually have uh, both Vice Premier Liu and the U.S. Uh, negotiating team simultaneously announcing that, that they're making significant progress in the negotiations. So were, was there a preliminary deal or, or anything? Yeah, they... yeah. So a few things are going to be off limits for later deals, like specifically Huawei. That's a whole other issue. But for the short term... 
the China China has agreed to buy fifty billion in agricultural goods from the U.S. Oh, interesting! Probably yeah. the price of soybeans skyrocket. Soybeans will skyrocket. Yeah, this is yeah. great for like the yeah, farmers. That, that, that would have been a great idea to trade. There's no triple X uh, ETF. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. have to find on it. soybeans. Well, yeah. But there, there is, however, S O Y B. I believe it's called. There's an ETF. Would you uh, buy that? Uh, probably. I mean, it's it's jumped a little bit. I believe in the last couple of months mm-hmm. because the the China news have yeah, been but news bullish. Is out. Is there still right, right, right. So, but but I think if you look at, at long term pricing, mm-hmm. looking back into like 2015, 2016, before all this, or right around when this started, I think soybeans have still a lot of room to go. Up, I would assume. So let's let let's just continue to the, to the next news, I guess. Uh, yeah. What, uh, what what else happened? The this? earnings overall, pretty solid earnings season. You had banks coming out relatively strong. Netflix uh, underperformed, but actually exceeded analyst expectations. Yeah, yeah. So Netflix, I believe, price jumped over 10%. And the reason was because last year's earnings, or rather last quarter's earnings, were very poor. And mm-hmm. they got it down and the stock got slashed. Exactly, exactly. Right. However, this time around, they, they, their forward guidance was so low and, and so beat up. The expectations that, were very low. And everyone was expecting them to miss because of the increased competition they're getting from firms like Apple and Disney that are going to be chipping away their market share. So when they were able to report relatively stable numbers, the stock jumped. Exactly, exactly. And, and going back to bank's earnings, it was interesting to know that JP Morgan really was a huge outperformer compared to, let's say, Goldman Sachs and Bank of America and mm-hmm. other banks which were roughly in line, mm-hmm. I would say. But JPM had really strong growth, especially in the trading side. Of the yeah, business. and you can see that in the uh, in the trading spreads. All banks are pretty much simultaneously tightening. Right. But JPM, right. I would say, is the outperformer amongst all right. of the money center banks. It's, it's worth saying that 8K here has a... a very valuable insight into uh, trading of bank credit because he specifically covers the financial I sector. I try to. I try right? to. Yeah. <laughs> you don't try to. You actually do. <laughs> so he really has a, a, a very good in, insight or, or look into how bank credit trades in general. So what, what else uh, besides markets Bes- being very strong? Besides strong. Well, there's also the Amazon earnings. Right. Which were actually this, which were Friday actually, and the stock dropped eight percent. But to sh- to sh- give you a sort of idea of where this risk sentiment is on the market right now, even though they had very underwhelming earnings, the stock almost recovered all of its losses the next day. So that shows me that, that the market right now is willing and able to take on risk. And it's funny that you mention Amazon because of what you're going to pitch as your trade. Exactly. I'm actually I'm going to be coming back to this. <laughs> so so. I, I wanted to ask you a question sure. right now, but I will I'll postpone that question and ask it when when you're about to pitch. Okay. Your your trading idea. Okay. We'll come okay. back to that then. And then getting to retail sales, which actually came out two weeks ago, the uh, projected numbers were supposed to be an increase of 0.1 percent to 0.5 percent, but we actually saw a net decrease of 0.3 percent. So when you're seeing numbers like that, while on the surface they see they seem bad, and it looks like uh, retail sales are slowing down, and that could be sort of, you know the beginning of a potential downturn. In this situation, you can expect that with that recent data, the Fed's going to be more likely to actually come in in a more dovish tone. And what we saw is after those numbers came out, the market reacted, and this re- uh, Fed rate cut at the end of the month uh, has essentially been 100% priced in. So with all the th- all those, uh, with all those topics that I just covered, we saw that Treasury yields ended higher on the week, and the S and P ended on all time highs. So RD, what's your take on next week? 
Yeah, so th- thank you for your recap of last week's news. Next week, there's two main things I believe traders are going to be looking at. And the, the first and most important one is the Fed decision. I think it's largely expected that they'll have a 25 uh, basis point cut in light of recent news. And despite the markets being strong and hitting all-time highs, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, 25 basis point cut will be is has been priced in rather and i think you agree i think yeah but, uh, yeah because that's uh, that's why the market is up a fair amount yeah. recently and well, then it's certainly one factor one of many but yeah. the, the rate cut is i think probably a primarily drive it's a very uh primary factor exactly and, the markets. and there's this concept of fed put uh that that people have been using uh for the last couple of years mm-hmm. i think that every time the market starts to maybe if not tank but starts to all, oscillate a little bit sideways or, or look like it's about to underperform, the mm-hmm. Fed is, is ready to step in and then lower interest rates in mm-hmm. order to keep the market strong. Right. So, Powell's come out himself and said that a few times. He said the Fed will do whatever it takes to keep the expansion going. Exactly. So when you know, when we know that you have someone at the helm of the Fed who's with that mindset, can, you know you know that they're not going to let markets slide and especially with with the pressure coming in from from our president uh, you think that factors uh, their decisions uh, to a large extent d- despite them always denying it denying think, it I think, I think of course uh, and and historically speaking presidents have always applied a lot of pressure on fed chairs uh, I know I've read uh, that Nixon was infamous for this, actually uh, applying a lot of pressure on his Fed chair that he actually picked. I believe it was Arthur Burns. But another, another. Con- continuing on to next week's news, I think uh, let's not get sidestepped over here. Uh, the other thing we're we're looking for is the employment situation. So next week it's going to be the first week of November, and and every Friday of the first week of the month as you all may know is the first thing on the Friday is the number number situation, the employment number situations. So what are we expecting for the unemployment numbers? First of all, last month, the unemployment stood at 3.5% with a consensus number of 3.6%. And next month's uh, estimates, or rather next week's estimates, is between 3.5 and 3.7. So we're right in line of next uh, of previous months. So there, there's not a lot of... Uh, uh, expectation difference uh, with with the previous months. I don't think that's going to have a huge impact on the markets unless there's a, a huge divergence. Which so, what's your take on next week then? You bullish, flat, bearish? Um, my take is that we're probably going to continue the same way we've continued in the past couple of weeks, mm-hmm. with the markets being relatively strong, unless we have some other sort of uh, fallout from the China news, and that could. Certainly, China drive. seems to be going well so far. It does. So, so I, I think it's been priced in that that things are are going on smooth, and I think President Trump well, wants it to go smooth. Really, I mean, regardless of how it's actually going, the way it's going to be presented, at least going forward for the next few months, is I think is going to be in a very positive light because Trump is also gearing up for the re-election. That's true, but but as as we noted last month, I believe China started tweeting also, so there was. There was a, a period of time last month where they, they set out a tweet right a, after President Trump announced that they're making progress, and China said, "Oh no, we're not <laughs> not making any progress Denied at all, it. and all, all all our deals are are much much narrower in scope than whatever Trump is saying." Mm. So you you don't really know. Well, if that's the case, even this current phase one, which is said to be signed uh, in a few weeks, could even you know be underwhelming. 
It could be, but I think any any kind of any kind of deal, I, I, I am of the opinion that will drive the market higher. Mm -hmm. So let's jump in into the final third and final section where we're actually going to talk about our investment ideas and mm -hmm. our pitch our our short term tactical trading ideas. So AK, do you want to start with the first one? What is what is your alpha for the for the upcoming weeks? The upcoming weeks, upcoming months, my alpha is Alibaba. So just buying Alibaba stock. Yes, I'm very bullish on the stock short term as these negotiations are getting you know underway and they're looking to get some sort of more you know concrete uh, at least agreement signed. You definitely have reason to be bullish on the stock. And apart from the actual macro environment, looking at the stock itself, Alibaba is exceeding its competitors in just about every way. So how does it, how does it compare with Amazon? So you, we we mentioned earlier in yeah, the show yeah. that Amazon. I had a feeling you were going to ask about. Yeah, that. absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I of course, said, of course, <laughs> it's a perfect set. Yeah. Right. So, so what? As an investor, I'm an American investor, mm -hmm. typical viewer. Yeah. Why would I buy Alibaba instead of Amazon? Okay, a couple of reasons. Why would I want? So let's say it's. I wanted to touch on this. Let's say they're equivalent businesses, but with Alibaba, I get some exposure to China. Why would I want exposure to China? Because right there's now? okay, the exposure to China. Yes, there there is some trade risk, but you really want the exposure there because there's the potential for growth. China has an untapped marketplace where Alibaba is just getting started in some of these tier four and tier five cities. And for context, that's hundreds of millions of people which have not even yet been exposed to one of its many business lines. Does current slowing GDP in China concern you at all? No. Why and not? The reason the reason it doesn't concern me is because even if GDP slows, if consumers start spending less and buying less, that will actually be an opportunity for Alibaba to acquire more market share in China. They're just going to drive out their competitors, and they have all the means to do so. You're basically looking at a company that is present in e-commerce, in physical retail, logistics. They have cloud services. They're uh, active in entertainment and so, uh, social media. Even uh, they have a fintech wing via their uh, and financial ownership. Uh, you have business-to-business -business transactions. That so, are so essentially, what I think I understand from your from your thesis is that Alibaba is similar to Amazon, but 10 years ago, where there was a lot of growth potential for Amazon 10 years ago, and right now, perhaps Amazon has peaked, yet Alibaba has a lot of runway But to there's go. one other big difference there, and that is that Alibaba, in every sense of the word, is a conglomerate. It's a huge conglomerate. Well, so is Amazon. Right, but the difference is that the backing that they're going to get from their governments. The American government will not allow Amazon to uh, you know, totally drive out all their competition. And we're seeing it right now. In this next election cycle, if a Democrat wins, Amazon stock will likely uh, you know, decline. And we See, will. It's it's interesting that you touch upon that, and I, I agree that there's been a lot of, of of chatter about, especially with Elizabeth Warren yeah, calling up. She wants her to break from, her break up all the, the right breaking and, up, and the banks for that matter. Breaking up Amazon, but don't you think that there's a lot of risk in Alibaba's, uh, or rather Chinese government's influence on Alibaba? Like I'm sure you know that they drove out. Jack Ma, and then they're, they have their own officials supervising the company. So don't you think that there could well, come a, a point in time where their relationship sours so and that could be abysmal for the to, company? To go back to that, Jack Ma wasn't driven out. Jack Ma chose to retire. and he actually That's what they said. No, no, really. I'm serious. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm serious. He, he announced his retirement years ahead of but before. Now he wants to get into some you know uh, philanthropic work. Okay, but but still, don't you think that the, the relationship that they have with, with the Chinese government poses to, risk to, to the me, future? To me, it's actually it's a good thing for the company because the, 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 the company will be on the same page as the government. And in China, if you want to do well in the business environment there, you have to have the government support. 
So right now, right now, literally, you have a conglomerate that's growing, is going to be increasing market share, and it's backed by the government there. In good times and in bad times in regards to the economy, this company will continue to outperform. And just some, you know, some statistics. So did you know that uh, Alibaba's year-over-year revenue growth from last year to this year is 46%. Profit margin is 45% growth. Net income, look at 25%. These are also all outperforming Amazon. Another fact here is that Alibaba's online sales have actually surpassed Walmart, Amazon, eBay, Walmart, Amazon, and eBay combined since 2015. That's surprising. That, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, right? And well, it makes sense, right? You have a, you have a population that's four times the size of the U.S. Yeah, but, but Walmart uh, and Amazon are and, global. Yeah, are global well, companies. I mean, less, well, yes, but... No, that, that is an Ali- impressive statistic. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Going back to the, the, to the technical aspect of this trade, where, where what is your, your trading horizon or is this an investment? Maybe you're doing it for the long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your exit strategy? Do you, have you thought about yeah. these aspects of the so trade? So for me personally, I'm going to start toning this down around Q2 of next year as we get into the peak of the election cycle. And my reason for doing so is because uh, Trump could take a, a much tougher stance against China as he seeks to sort of boost his position in the election. And the other side of that is that if they, uh, if a Democrat wins, we could actually see markets uh, really begin to sell off, uh, with the prospect of them, you know, breaking up some of these larger companies and regulating banks. And this is just going to be a general decline in markets, which is also going to drag on Alibaba. But generally, you can trade this stock tactically like what I'm doing, but you can also buy and hold it as a longer term investment. I'm really bullish on it. It's my number one pick right now. Sure. So you're 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 saying it's for you personally it's a tactical thing because you'd rather avoid the volatility that will come next year after Q two with the earnings, right? So you're trying to get away from that and try to capture the the positive news that exactly. we're going to get from China. Exactly. I'm riding the, the the positive news right now and then I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna reassess or you know as we get into next year. But if I if I do think it's starting to fizzle out if that this maybe this agreement there's not so much substance behind it, then yeah, I'm going to reduce my position. Perfect. I think I'll actually take a deeper look into Alibaba itself. The fundamentals look pretty strong. I'd say they have a, a stronghold into the Chinese market. Uh, I've just been a little bit hesitant into investing in Chinese companies generally. But going going to to my my tactical yeah. trading idea now, uh, I don't actually have any other questions for you unless you have more that you want to talk about Baba. No, let's talk about uh, your, your idea. Cool. So so my idea is is very short term in nature and, and tactical, similar to yours. Uh, and it specifically is trading natural gas. Natural gas looking or eyeing towards the end of the year. So December, until December. So my idea is starting to build a position right now and then potentially unwinding this position around end of December, early early next year into January. And there are a few reasons why I like natural gas. First of all, from a technical standpoint, you can look at the seasonal chart of the five-year the five-year trading averages. So we're currently sitting at the lowest we've ever been on this time period, looking back into the five years uh, since 2014. So what does that mean? Sitting in the, in the, in the lowest, especially in a product that, that exhibits a lot of mean reverting properties, I think gives you a, a very good risk reward ratio, especially in commodities. Second, we have been in 
a relatively bearish environment when it comes to natural gas this entire year and this has come for a big reason which is uh, record record supply record production even more than than last year and continues to grow coupled with that we also had very bearish storage numbers so Injections to storage surpassed triple digits last week, uh, which were above uh, last year's level and especially above the five-year average. So this contributed to the to the price uh, going down even further. Given these statistics, I think that the risk reward again is very bullish on on natural gas, especially with the winter season coming and the withdrawal withdrawal dynamics could be very bullish on the price, which has currently priced in all the negative things that. I, I mentioned uh, earlier. How do you how do you know that it's been priced in? It's been priced in because the the price has 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 been sitting in the fi- the lowest level in the five year averages. So it's lowest as it's ever been looking back in time, at least in the in the five years. Could there be another reason for that, like a surplus in supply, or you know less demand or something, or maybe a, you know not as cold winter? So going back to the supply, the supply dynamics have been very bearish. Again, we've had record production. However, when it comes to demand, we're actually seeing uh, increased demand for natural gas. And the reason is because it's being used to supplement the lack of coal. The coal usage is going down Mm -hmm. because more and more coal power plants are being shut down. Additionally, exports are at record numbers. We're exporting uh, more natural gas to Mexico and even to Asia. Uh, surprisingly, I would say that China has not put uh, taxes on, or, or rather, still importing large levels of natural gas, and, and it's reluctant to stop importing nat- natural gas from the United States because we're one of the largest producers, and we're very competitive on price. So I think these are our bullish factors that that could contribute to to the price increase, especially in the short term, and especially. Uh, again, my, the main catalyst that I see is uh, the very bearish current environment. If you do get a little bit of uh, weather technical in there, I think you could see the price skyrocketing for at least a few weeks into mm-hmm. the winter. So is this a more tactical trade for you, or are you just going to ride it out until like, early next year? Yeah, this is absolutely a tactical trade, I think. Uh, and the, the reason is because uh, I don't think that it could go much lower than this. And the way I will play it, or I think that... that uh, a lay investor should play it is simply using uh, ETFs instead of futures because ETFs are more easily accessible and, and you don't really need to, to have a lot of exposure or, or leverage in, in this kind of trade. So you could use UNG, which is uh, 1x natural gas futures, mm-hmm. or you, if you're more entrepreneurial, I guess, or, or you like risk more than, than, than I do, you could tolerate a little bit more risk in your portfolio. You could use uh, UGAS or DGAS, which are 3x uh, daily returns of mm-hmm. the natural gas futures contract. But I wouldn't suggest anyone to hold these for a longer term. These are purely tactical uh, and more intraday type of products to use. But so just one thing here, you're obviously presenting a pretty bullish case for the future, but given the current market pl- price, why do you have this conviction? I'm not I'm not presenting a bullish case, I, I assume, uh, in the long term. I don't know where the long-term price of natural gas is going to, to be at. I just think that coming this winter, the technicals are there for you to have a couple of blowout weeks where the current bearish scenario that is being pressed in the market could get it all wrong. And then there's evidence of this happening last year and then a couple of years before that where in a matter of weeks you had 
price of natural gas jumped to almost four four dollars. Uh, last year it jumped to almost five dollars, and you had people getting wiped out because they were caught short mm-hmm. selling uh, selling futures or uncovered options. I there see. was there was the guy that that he posted the video on YouTube crying mm-hmm. because his fund got shut down because he lost I don't know like right three hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. But he was short. Like yes, he he had uh, uncovered options. So you why would he why? Oh, yes, he was, uh, because he, he he thought that he was, this scenario wouldn't happen. Right, like what I'm deciding, right. what I'm describing right now, he thought that it would never happen. But indeed, it does happen. So what what I think the the thing that people should look into this is what's the downside, right? Mm-hmm. The downside is very limited, in my opinion. The price probably is not going to do anything. It's just going to sit where it's flat. At. So you think we right. hit a bottom? Right. It's okay. probably at a bottom or close to close to it or doesn't really go anywhere from here but there's a probability that the price could really skyrocket and perhaps not long term but in a matter of weeks uh in duration or or time span and then this kind of opportunity i think that uh, provides good risk reward Hmm. something to think about i guess yeah definitely an interesting take rd so we've come to the conclusion of our very first episode of the alpha show i personally wanted to thank you all for tuning in And hopefully you'll come back next week to listen to more exciting trading ideas and market commentary. AK, you have anything for our viewers? Yeah, I I really hope you all like the show and thanks for listening. Feel free to drop us a line on uh, thealphashow.com. That's our website. Uh, Feel free to come uh, come up with any questions or comments or anything you want us to know. Uh, We'll definitely be very responsive to it and try and improve our show or answer your questions in the next episode. So thanks again for tuning in. And uh, have a great week.